0: Today we have the uh, great pleasure of having Ted Garages with us, and uh, Ted has got a unique background because he's not only in the uh, civilian sector marketplace, uh, but he's also in the military as well, and so I wanted to kind of give a different perspective to our listeners today from two sides, and we're going to basically have two different interviews here today uh, with Ted, and um, talk about the the military perspective and uh, also the civilian side in terms of the deployment market and so we're going to address some of that but uh, I want to welcome you uh, Ted with our program here today
1: I'm glad to be here
0: Ted is uh, currently a maintenance officer in the 434th aircraft maintenance squadron and uh, he also leads a workforce of approximately 150 crew chiefs and support personnel and uh, he was commissioned into active service in December 2004 and uh, then is uh, into the transition into the reserves in 2009. And uh, he has been deployed into Afghanistan in 2010. And uh, in 2006, uh, Ted was named the 56th Maintenance Operations Squadron Company Great Officer of the Year. So uh, his uh, time with the military has been very good. And then uh, as a civilian. Uh, Ted is currently filling two roles as Food Safety Manager and Continuous Improvement Manager with Land of Frost, Incorporated out of Lansing, Illinois. And Land of Frost is currently the third largest ready-to-eat processor of packaged lunch meat within the uh, United States. And uh, he's held positions uh, with Kraft as well in the past and uh, that included operations and sanitation supervisor, continuous improvement engineer, and also Six Sigma black belt engineer. And uh, Kraft Foods is the second largest food manufacturer in the world with over $13 billion in sales annually. Ted uh, graduated from Northern Illinois University in DeKalb with a a degree in history, also has a minor in secondary education, and has just finished his master's degree from the University of Illinois in uh, Champaign-Urbana in human resource development. And Ted, once again, I I really appreciate you coming on board today and uh, just talking about some of your experiences. I think uh, our listening audience will really enjoy it. Welcome.
1: Great. Thank you very much. Russ, glad to be here.
0: Maybe just start right at it. You know, you've been out and, and looked at the Directional Motivation website, and, and uh, you also uh, are on uh, part of our advisory team as well. And what I really appreciate about our advisors is uh, it's a position where uh, we allow people to give their perspectives and insights into uh, the marketplace, how we can reach different individuals, help individuals in their uh, careers and uh, in a lot of different areas of their life as well. Um, how do you feel, from your perspective, uh, now that you've gotten a chance to be with us for a little while, uh, how do you feel that um, people can benefit or, from the maximum motivation group?
1: Well, Russ, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the old edges. Knowledge is power, and all knowledge is power, and your site does a really good job of laying out some of those, those key factors that really get people, first of all, rolling in the right direction, and then how do you maintain that momentum? Um, you know, a lot of people may not realize that some of these interviews, especially if you're new to the workforce, th- this process can take anywhere from just a couple of weeks. Where I have had some um, jobs that were offered to me within just a couple of weeks, and then there's there's one that the one I'm current, or uh, another one that I was applying for that I ended up taking over three months to finally get that down that road. So your your site actually does a great job of kind of preparing people for the differences that they may see. Uh, tons of resources, with with as you mentioned, the advisory board and the members of your your uh, permanent team there. A uh, lot of variation in, in their backgrounds, and so they can offer a lot of insight from different industries and, and companies about uh, you know what is what is a, a good candidate. What will help prepare people for uh, moving either from the military transitioning into the civilian world, or somebody that's just coming out of college, it's, it's, all, it's all reaching. Uh, so you have a, a great variety of uh, resources to be able to use there. And also just uh, support groups that, you, that you're that you starting to set up, these blogs that you uh, have on the site, those are all things that are really going to help people be able to push through that, that initial shock of, OK, where do I start, uh, along with the coaching option that you've offered, which a one-on-one is, is a huge benefit for anybody
0: cool yeah we're really excited about it you know one of the things that uh, has driven me i've been recruiting for 20 years now but uh, is just being able to help people and when i uh, put this together i thought how can we reach people how can we make a difference in their lives and and uh, so the site is kind of unfolded and we just take on another thing we say well you know if we did this this would help and if we did that that would help and so when people go to the site it's really just a uh, a, uh, what we see to be a, a microcosm, probably, of what it's going to develop into in terms of the number of resources that we can provide and things like that, and everything's geared to just benefit people. Uh, it's pretty exciting; it really is. You know, in your, in your background, you've certainly uh, been with uh, some, you know, great organizations, Kraft being one of them, and, and now Land of Frost. But uh, you know, what are some contributing factors that maybe helped you in your career uh, and the success that you've had to this point? I
1: had two great compliments that were paid to me. <clears throat> one of them was actually in a uh, um, submission for my master's degree program, uh, and the other one was a, um, a recommendation that was given to me actually on one of the uh, social sites, LinkedIn, um, by former commander and a former boss of mine that said one said I, I always go 100 miles an hour as a young as a young person. I was always going 100 miles an hour and just need a little bit of direction here and there. So what he was just trying to say is that you know, I wasn't passive, I was aggressive in everything. And he would much rather have to um, work with a supervisor and a manager who was aggressive and just try to provide direction versus trying to kickstart an entire process with somebody. So that was huge. The other big thing is that um, my ability to and my belief that I can work longer, study harder um, than, than anybody else or almost anybody else out there, to be able to really put myself ahead um, of the vast majority of the people that I will be competing with for jobs or just within my position um, to make myself a better person. And so those were two huge things that, I, you know, at the time I didn't really realize it until somebody, until these uh, great role models of mine kind of pointed that out to me. And that that was a great uh, learning experience for me. But again, now that I'm I'm growing uh, into management and then upper levels of management, now senior leadership, uh, you know I'm always learning I'm always reaching out looking for courses, short courses long courses you know as you mentioned I did my degree in human resource development and human resources is it's overarching I I didn't want to be focused on just one area certain areas like engineering and, and you know areas like that really need to be focused Where I wanted to kind of broaden my horizons what is going to make me an all-round better person, all around better leader of an organization, and human resource development was a huge step for me uh, to be able to do that because we really focused on organizational development and how do you build a successful organization from the top down. So that learning experience, I took tons of courses that were offered by Kraft Foods at a local community college. They brought in a um, a consulting group that did these four-hour short courses about, you know, addressing emotions at work. Uh, genuine leadership. How do you address uh, generational differences, uh, especially in a manufacturing environment? You know, when you've got you know the baby boomers versus the Generation X versus Generation Y. How do you interact with those? So always learning. Um, starting out, you always have to ask questions. You got to be confident, but approachable. But you also have to have to be not afraid to ask questions. I moved from a logistics maintenance roles into flu manufacturing. I had to ask a lot of questions, but here I was a supervisor. So finding that, that fine line to be able to walk uh, between learning, but yet still being the authority within the group. You don't want to come in and, you know, at least in my opinion, you don't want to come in and be too staunch. But at the same time, you can come in and let people know where you stand as far as policies and regulations. But then when it comes to the technical stuff, you know, really relying on those who, who um, understand the process and have been doing it for a long time. Um, always search out opportunities. Um, I was big for, um, I jumped on a safety team and the next thing you know I was elected the leader of that safety team. Uh, I jumped on a, we were doing an ISO uh, evaluation or inspection. I jumped on a subcommittee and next thing you know I'm leading a team that actually has the plant manager on it and I'm leading a subcommittee team with him mm-hmm. on it and so those were all experiences that I was I was learning um, but at the same time, I was also leading at the same time. And I always had an elevator speech ready as to why I'm doing this, why it's going to benefit me, and why it's going to benefit the company. Everything you do, you want to be able to explain why it's going to benefit you and the company. Usually, if it's going to benefit you, you can easily tie that into how it's going to benefit the company as a whole. Um, and that that's just goes along again with making yourself known. You want to get yourself out there, but this is a way to do it without really that brown nosing because nobody wants to be a brown noser, and that's not what I'm looking to do. Uh, I'm looking to become engaged the entire time and then the biggest thing that I I always say is leave the position better than you found it or your department better than you found it you come in you you take inventory of what's going on what you can have uh, control over and then how can you make that better and by making it better most of the time that's going to be in the means of making a life better for the employees not necessarily always saving these big dollar amounts which are always good but how do you make life better for those employees on a day-to-day basis? Because that's what you're really going to be remembered for on the floor. And if you can add some dollar savings to it or, or reductions of waste, that's always a huge benefit.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, you'd mentioned a couple things that I thought were kind of interesting in the conversation to this point, one being the continuing education that you took advantage of. And I, I think a lot of uh, individuals miss on that point. You know, um, as a recruiter, I, one of the things that I ask many times is what what have you done as far as additional classes that would really set you apart maybe from your competition because we do have a very very competitive marketplace uh, employment marketplace now and many that I talk to say well I haven't done anything and the uh, you look at the advantage maybe that you've had with uh craft you know, embracing that uh, additional education, paying for that, and then what you've gained by that uh, has to really made an impact for you in your career.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the, you know, day to day, it comes out, and you don't even realize it. You know, it's it's kind of becoming ingrained because when I first went through his courses, I made sure that I I kept those books readily available. I would thumb through them at times, especially if I knew situations were coming up. How do I deal with them? And now it's it's ingrained over because some of those courses were 2008, 2009. Um, it's ingrained now that I don't have to think about it. I understand it, and I'm able to apply it day to day. And it's not just those. I mean, it it can be, you know, if you're looking to, you know, here I am in a food safety role right now, and so I jumped on a couple opportunities to go down because I'm not a microbiologist, but I went down to a micro biological course down at University of Georgia. Um, you know, I went to Iowa State for a course. I took a local course here at um, the local community college, So, it, just on my own. And so those were things that I'm, I'm always looking to be able to, um, again, study harder um, and spend more time focusing on what I can do um, to really be able to you know, make my, build myself up for success.
0: Mm-hmm. You also mentioned another interesting part uh, or point in the conversation, that being an elevator pitch. And one of the things that uh, that I truly believe in a lot is knowing why you do what you do. And uh, many times, uh, you know, the conversation will go or the question will be asked, why are you doing this? Well, because, you know, management wants me to do it or <laughs> whatever the case may be. And, and I think it's so vitally important uh, for our listeners to and, and maybe you agree on this, maybe you don't. But uh, to have an, a knowledge of why you're doing the function that you're doing, why uh, and what the ramifications of and the benefits of doing that are going to be to your operations and to you as well, uh, can you talk to a little bit about that?
1: Actually, that's a huge push that Atlanta has started um, right when I got here. Yeah, we would do a lot of trainings of do this, do that, do this, do that. But then, you know, as we see, not within industry is um, people don't get why, and so it's a lot easier for them to deviate from what is expected when they don't understand why. They they know, okay, well, I'll get written up maybe if I get caught, but they don't see the bigger picture that you know this could be a safety or a food safety or it could be a health issue. And once they start understanding. Why they're doing it, why this form is so important, what impact this could have, not only on them, on them, but on the company as a whole or on the product that is being produced. It 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 really personalizes what they're doing. It's not just a task; it is now a personal um, thing that they are doing, and so that's a huge benefit when you can start to get people to understand why. And if you if you understand what uh, there's a book out there, three signs of a miserable job, and in it, you know, they really discuss one of the three pillars that are three sides of a triangle, and one of them is what I do matters. well, and I understand what I'm doing. Well, if you don't understand what you're doing, you really don't have much buy into that or in greater sense, you don't have as much buy into the company because here you are partaking in or participating in the company's objectives of production most of the time is, mm-hmm. is where most of my stuff uh, focuses on. but they don't really understand why. They just know they're trying to get product out the door um but it, it's it, there's a huge benefit when they understand why
0: sure, you know the other thing is when you think about uh the opportunity for progression, when companies are looking for individuals to promote uh if you don't get the why the the opportunities for you are going to be very limited in going forward in your career. uh Would you agree with that? Absolutely because uh, again once you progress if you don't want just
1: a person who is good at what they're doing. Uh, you want a person that's going to be um, good at also being able to convey why things are important. So that again, if you don't know why, you can't convey. You can't have that elevator speech ready. You can't. Tr- uh, people won't be able to trust you um, are making the correct decisions. Uh, so it's 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 just kind of a snowball effect. Mm-hmm.
0: We're going to transition, at this point, we're going to transition over to our maximum motivation membership uh, recording of the continued conversation with Ted, and uh, so we'll take a little break here and we'll come back and uh, complete our our uh, questions. Some of the things that we're going to be doing uh, in this next segment is going to be talking about how do you how do you differentiate yourself from others in the workplace, how do you differentiate yourself in a, in an interview situation? Um, how do you take and, and set a strategic career path in uh, some of these subjects? So I think it would be very interesting, but uh, we'll be transitioning over to our maximal motivation.